Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. It's really been on my mind and my heart, West Texas, uh, shooting rampage. Five dead, and they say it's uh, the the death toll is still rising. The Texas Walmart, twenty two people dead. It boggles my mind. It's Texas. Walmart. There isn't one cowboy in there that uh, that can stop. I mean, that, I I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't it's the world. France. I read that. There was a, a major knife attack. Nine people injured, one dead. And just to bring it home, just in our state of Texas, April 20th in Memphis, a fight breaks out. Seven people wounded in a shooting. April 28th, right in Nashville, two men get into an altercation, gunfires exchanged, seven people wounded. In Henning, Tennessee, on June 9th, nightclub, a shooting, one killed, three injured. June 17th in Memphis, the uh, parking lot of an apartment complex, five people wounded in a shootout. Whatever man puts in his hand, his wicked heart's going to either use it for, it, it, going, it can just use it for evil. Nothing wrong with guns, nothing wrong with knives. You can use it to build a house, you can use it to teach young fellows how to carve. You can put a gun right here, it ain't going to kill nobody. <laughs> It'll sit right on that countertop. But you put it in the hand of a wicked man with a wicked heart. And all of a sudden, we get what we've been getting. And it's getting worse and waxing worse and waxing worse. These people who hate God and don't want anything to do with God are going to have an eternity in the devil's hell if they don't come to trust the living God. Our message to a lost and dying world is don't go to hell. We don't want anybody to go to hell, but hell is real. It's a real place. Let's go to Proverbs 5. We'll look at the, uh, what the Bible says about the location of hell. Proverbs 5.5, 5. the location of hell is down. The Bible says in Proverbs 5.5, 5, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. What's the location of hell? It's downward. Heaven is upward. The Bible says in Acts 1.11, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Verse number 24. Location of hell is beneath. Proverbs 15.24 the way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. We see the comparison or the contrast between hell being beneath, the way of life is above. Um, let's get Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse number 9. Psalm 63, 9. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. Location of hell, down, beneath. 
lower parts of the earth. Low, down, beneath. Let's turn back to Job chapter 28. Job 28, the location of hell is under Job 28 verse 5. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as it were fire. So someone asks, well, where's hell? Got a couple of verses to bring them through and bring them to and let the Bible speak to their heart. Let's go, let's turn over to Job chapter 33. And let's look at the structure of hell. The structure of hell. Job 33 verse 18. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. It's structured like a pit. Uh, Revelation 9. Verse number 1, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Describing The Bible describes how hell is structured. Job 33, a pit. Revelation 9, it's a bottomless pit. Let's go back to Job and let's get chapter 17. Job 17, verse number 16. And they shall go down. There it is again, the location. To the bars of the pit. When our rest together is in the dust. It's a pit. It's bottomless. It's got bars. Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Verse number 13. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul, watch this, from the lowest hell. How's hell structured? It's a pit. It's a bottomless pit. It's got, it's got bars. But then it has degrees or levels of descent. There's degrees of descent from the lowest hell, which would make sense if it's a bottomless pit especially. There's degrees of descent. All right, let's go over to Matthew. Let's get to the New Testament here. Matthew chapter number 12. And we're not going to preach on this. We'll do a message probably sometime time in 2020 on uh, what happened during these three days after Christ died on the cross. And, but that's not going to be, we're not going to dive deep into that this morning, but we will do that later. But for this morning, look at Matthew 12, verse number 40. And let's learn, let's see what the Bible says about Christ's visit to hell. Matthew 12, verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now we're not preaching on this, but it is important to say that Jesus was not there to suffer more for our sins. All of that was done on the cross. Let's see Acts 2. But, uh, well, let's, we'll just do Acts 2 first. Acts 2, verse number 27. 
Acts 2, verse 27, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Describing Christ's visit to hell. Now let's get Ephesians 4. Verse number seven, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, but what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So he dies on the cross. What does he do? He passes through hell. He grabs the keys. He does a little preaching. He sets captivity captive paradise is then moved all of those souls that died in that died before christ shed his blood on the cross where are they they're in paradise they're in abraham's bosom and then boom that is then moved we'll get into a whole lesson on that at some other point we'll spend time on it but christ <laughs> did make a short little visit there and he did not all, all of our sins were paid for on the cross all, all that he did and suffered, one-time sacrifice, done and over with. Um, some of these preachers will, uh, I don't even know how you would categorize them. I guess I just call them TV preachers, saying that Jesus had to suffer uh, for sins and hell. All that's a bunch of junk and nonsense. So we did, we, it is important to say that and make that distinction. The fire of hell. Let's see what the Bible says about the fire of hell. Job chapter 28. Job chapter 28. As for the earth. Out of it cometh bread. And under it is turned up as it were fire. A core, the core of the earth burning. Scientists when, when true operational science finally catches up with the Bible, it always confirms the Bible. And I'm not uh, a scientist, and I, I, I never did well with the chart on the wall that had all of it. I knew what H2O was, I remember that, but I don't know what mercury was, and, and I can't remember any of that. But I know that there was a chart with a lot of letters and numbers. Um, Sulfur apparently is supposed to be very burning, very hot, and now scientists are discovering that it's an abundance in the core of the earth. And uh, Anyway, science is finally catching up <laughs> to what God has said all the time. You can't outthink God. You can't... Any true scientist, if he studies science by putting his bias aside, and his theories aside, he will always come to a belief in what God said is true. Because it always, every single time, confirms it. Earth's a sphere, circular, scientists catch up. Like, uh, you, you, know, believe, you know, you used to do the, the silly um, making people bleed out because they get rid of sickness in it. it Life of the flesh is in the blood. I mean, it's all, all of it. All of it is in the Bible. And we don't have to doubt it. We can trust it 100%. <clears throat> 
Okay, let's go over to Mark and let's get chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verse number 44. Okay, well, let's back up to verse number 39. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is in our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And here I think is one of the most powerful verses that Jesus spoke. And it tells me how serious he is about offending little ones. It's the only time in the Bible where I can say Jesus, God himself says, it's better for you to just kill yourself. Your life is better off just committing suicide. And he makes this contrast and says, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. Before you think about offending a little one, Jesus says, you might want to just first cast something around your neck and then just throw yourself off of a boat (laughs) into the sea. That's how serious he is about little ones being offended. Those are powerful words. I'm not going to get too far off on, on this racetrack here, but it's a nice little detour to take and mention that Well, personally, I taught martial arts for 16 years. Most of who our students were, were children. Most of what we did had to do with personal safety. Every year we did a women's self-defense. The local cable TV news channel featured us about two or three times over the years on child safety. The local schools would have me in to do talks on personal safety for kids It's a serious thing, and it's an epidemic that is now growing. And now apparently with all of the social internet things, Facebook, Instagram, all of these ways that people are preying on children now is becoming waxing worse and worse and worse. So now the safety and the protection for little one has little ones has to go beyond of what it was when I was teaching it and staying up on and preparing educators and parents and now we get to the body of Christ, the church. We don't want to be I'm real serious about it. One, because we're a new church plant. Two, because it's the Lord's work. And three, because of my well past experience. And you're, you know you're past what you've done before, right? Because you glean off of that. Churches are now becoming hotbeds where this kind of junk happens. And it gets, it gets covered up. How do I know that? Roman Catholic Church. Two priests in the church that I grew up in 
and I went to Catholic school too, by the way, were brought up on charges. Now what they do in the Roman Catholic Church is they move these perverts around. Especially if the heat starts to get a little hot on somebody, they move them to a different diocese. It's very rampant in the Roman Catholic Church. Very rampant. But that's not the only place it happens. You can't you you, you get an independent Baptist church who knows a lot of doctrine, and now they have some man of God that can't be touched. That is equally as wrong and equally as full of the devil as any other organization. So I want to be a church plant. I want to be a, a local body of believers where we have the safety and security of children in mind on everything that we do. That means if we're doing a Sunday school, it's open. It's in the open. Parents can go in. People can look. People can see. We're not doing anything where nobody can see what's going on. It's all in the open. You want to see something? It's here to see. We're not going to do any... We're not going to put any risk on any of the children at any time. That means we got to get to know people. <laughs> that means Brother Jimmy might be a bad guy one day when he says, well, no. <laughs> I don't know the kid that's 20 who says he wants to be a... Don't know. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's fun-loving. I'm sure he has a great sense of humor. I'm sure all the kiddies would love him. But I don't because I don't know him. You're being mean. Yep, I'm a mean man. <laughs> I'm mean. <laughs> And I'll continue to be me on that issue because we've raised, we have two older kids. We're, we're raising two kids now, been around kids. And I'll just give them this verse. Hell, that's where these people are going that mess with kids. If they don't turn and trust the Savior but they can't use church chat and niceties and Southern hospitality and expect all of us to just kind of fall for it and let them take over a kid's outing or a kid. Not going to happen. We have to get to know who you are because I don't want to be who Jesus is speaking of when I, if I made a poor decision and now it's better for me to tie a millstone around my neck. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it on my watch. I don't want it on the church's watch. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. Into the fire that shall never, that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Which, by the way, all the hymnals want to take out worm. Because they're worms. <laughs> For everyone shall be salted with fire and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. 
Salt have lost its saltiness. Wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. What a nice way for the Lord to end that. Be serious. Don't offend a little one. Tie a millstone around your neck. Be cast into the sea. End your life. Or get a few fellows to help you. Be serious about not offending little ones. You're that wicked? You want to use guns and knives for wicked purposes? Really? You really are better off just going down to the doctor and say, just take them off, doc. <laughs> Why? Well, because the Bible says, and my heart's so wicked that... Do you see the word picture Christ Himself is giving us? You pick something up and you want to use it for wicked purposes? If your feet want to take you to wicked places, just have your wife chain you to the bed. You're better off just living a life like that than going around going to wicked places. Have your buddies handcuff you to the house so that you don't go out and do dumb stuff. What's worse? That or eternity in hell? People don't think as hell is real. People think that hell is just, well, it's just, it's just an allegory. It's just an illustration. Well, what's it allegorizing? What is it illustrating? What's the story? Let's go back to Isaiah 5. People have a wicked heart. They'll use their hands for wicked things. They'll use their feet for wicked things. They'll... And this is why Isaiah 5, the Holy Spirit records in verse number 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp. And he that rejoices, rejoiceth, shall descend into it. There we see the location again, but we see that hell, it's constantly enlarging. People are going there. If you do public ministry, or if you've seen folks do public ministry right, correctly, meaning they are preaching the gospel, not all this other hodgepodge of stuff, someone will say, "Why are you tell, you know, why are you telling me that I'm going to hell?" Because they miss the heart of the message. We're trying to explain to you, we don't want you to go to hell. We want you to know hell is real. We want you to know that your sin separates you from God. And because of that, you're under condemnation and you're on your way to hell. We don't want you to go there. That's why we are waving the warning flag. And that's why we are trying to tell you, look to Jesus and live. He's the one who can save you from your sins and stop you. We don't want you to go to hell. We want you to know it's real. We want you to know that real people go there. We want you to know that the fire is real. We want you to know that it's a pit, that it's bottomless. We want you to know these things. We want you to know that you're going there because of your sin. But no matter what sin you do, Jesus Christ offers you salvation. And we want, that, we want to make that truth known to you. We're Christians. We're duty bound to preach the gospel. We're not against you. We're not better than you. We're the, we were in the same boat as you're in. Relate to that person. 
Christianity is not, see, we've got something you don't, even though we have something that they don't. It's, look, I'm only right because of Christ's righteousness. I only have worth because of Christ's worth. I only have merit because of what the Lord did for me. I want you to know this because you can have the same worth and the same merit and the same righteousness. You can. And our message is, please, we don't want you to go to hell. Now, Luke 16, people say, well, it's just a parable. But it doesn't start off. And he said also in a parable unto his disciples, you can't find that he's saying it's a parable anywhere in the passage. He says, and he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man. That's a real man, which had a steward, a real steward. The same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. They were real goods that he wasted. And he called him and said unto him, How is it I hear of this? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. And the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. And he goes on. And on. And on. And then verse 19, what do we see again? There was a certain rich man. We don't see a parable anywhere here mentioned. We don't... Okay, which was clothed in purple and fine linen. Real clothes. He fared sumptuously every day. He really did that. And there was a certain beggar. It was a real beggar named Lazarus. Laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell... He lifted up his eyes. Everything else in the passage is real. There's no parable. There's no like or as. Being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and said, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, Thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, who may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Souls are tormented in hell's flames, as taught in Luke chapter 16. Well, isn't God mean? I mean, why does it have to be eternal torment? Why does it have to be eternal damnation? The consequences are very real. Why can't we just choose eternal life? Why can't people just choose everlasting life? They have to hear. They have to look and live. They can hear it. 
can see it. Our conscience testifies to it. There's truth in creation. There's no reason, especially in the United States, because Dollar General has them too, Bibles. In the jungles of Africa, all they have is creation in their conscience. They may be a BIMI missionary. If they raise enough support, they can get there. All right? But not here in America. We got the creation. We got our conscience. We got the Dollar General, boy. <laughs> they sell them. You can get a Bible for a buck. You can get truth for a buck. You can get a gospel track and almost, Lord willing, we'll still have the freedom to do this. Give out truth. Talk to somebody about the Lord in a store, in a public place, on a street corner, without fear of being handcuffed and taken to jail. We have a lot of freedom in America. Let's use it. Well, the government is corrupt. It is. But our hope isn't in the government. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, even though it's corrupt, we still have freedoms. Let's use them to tell people, please don't go to hell. Let's do a few more and then we'll be done. We'll do Matthew. People will see hell, smell hell, breathe hell, hear hell, and feel hell if they go to hell. So we don't want them to go there. Matthew 8, we'll run a couple in the book of Matthew and be done for this morning. Verse number 12, Matthew 8, 12. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. Hell will be dark. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell. Matthew 13, there's so many we could do. This is just scratching the surface. Matthew 13, verse number 42. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So there'll be darkness. It's a furnace, fire. Both passages tell us not going to be a good day for people with teeth. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if you reach dentures on this one or not, but it's not going to be a good day for people to go there. All right, shouldn't make light of this, but verse number 50 says it again. Matthew 13, 50. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Finally, we go over to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse number 30. The Bible says same thing. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There it again, it's a dark place. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then last verse. Well, why would a loving God send me to hell? Okay. He didn't prepare hell for you. He prepared a place for all of us. And that's where he wills that we would go. With him, to be with the Lord. That's his will. That's where he wants us to go. Verse number 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. God prepared hell as a place for the devil and those that angels that follow the devil. Because people want to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, follow after the things of the world and things of the devil, they're going to make their choice. And God's going to end up saying, okay, you've rejected the free gift that I've offered to you. 
apart from me into everlasting fire. God prepared hell for the devil and his angels. He doesn't want anybody to go there. We don't want anybody to go there. Our evangelistic outreaches and efforts need to be able to reflect that hard attitude. We can't sidestep the issue of hell and God's wrath and his hate against sin. We can't sidestep that. But we have to let them know God prepared a better place. Won't you just trust the Savior? All right, let's bow and pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will all men to come to you. We thank you for that. Help us to be vigilant in our witness for you. Help us to do our best to point the lost to you, Lord, and help them to understand from the Bible what your truth is concerning hell. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.